Hello, welcome to the brief for the purpose and power of the Holy Spirit by Miles Monroe. Brief one, key concepts and vocabulary. So first we need to frame for you some vocabulary terms and the way that we're going to approach this one. He takes a little bit of a different approach than most. So first, we'll tell you about his overall approach and what he, the way that he looks at it. You have to understand that Miles Monroe lived in the Bahamas. And so the Bahamas are British territory. So that meant that they were ran out of the UK, but that they have a governor locally who executes the will and commands of the queen on their island. And so whatever it is that the queen wants, that's what the governor executes in the territory of the Bahamas. And this analogy is used to show the relationship between the heaven, which would be the UK in this case, and earth, which would be the territory or colony, which would be the Bahamas. And the governor is the Holy Spirit. The king is Father God. Um, And in a territory, the king is, of course, the person with the ultimate responsibility and control of a territory. He exerts dominion over the space. And the king for us is actually God the Father. The kingdom is the territory which the king reigns over. And heaven is the first real kingdom that ever existed. Now, God also created a, a visible kingdom, which is the universe that we see. The word tells us that for by him, all things are created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And so the colony in this analogy is an extension of the kingdom to a distant territory. So earth would be the colony of heaven in this analogy. And so the colony represents the kingdom in another place. It has the same values, the same language, the same culture, the same customs of the kingdom. The governor has the responsibility to bring the culture, language, values, and ways of acting of the kingdom to a colony. And so they rule the the colony on behalf of the king. They ensure the king's will and desires are implemented in the colony. In essence, They are the presence of the absent king in the colony for all intents and purposes. Now, power is the ability to control and influence events and happenings. Advisors are folks who turn the desires of the king into law and enforce the king's wishes and desires so that the king's interests become policy and the king's will becomes law. Now, another example might be Rome. In Rome, what they would do is when they would conquer a new territory, They would take 300 citizens. They would plant them in the colony. And they would also take people who were allied with the kingdom and plant them there as settlers. And the reason was they wanted to create a little Rome in this new place. They would institute a constitution that was based on the Roman Empire Constitution. They did this in Europe and northern Africa, all throughout it, everywhere that the territory of Rome existed. A citizen was not automatic in Rome. But they were a citizen would be part of the kingdom. For example, Paul in Rome would have certain extra rights over and above those who were not citizens. And you had to be prepared to become a citizen. It wasn't something that just happened. So you had to exemplify the values, the language and the behavior of the kingdom. The constitution of the kingdom for us in, in our deal here is God's word. You know, we exist in God's kingdom and God's word is the constitution. Jesus said when he came to earth, the time has come 
the kingdom of God is near in Mark. And so from that time forward, those of us who know Jesus, who accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we are part of the kingdom of God. Brief two, the Adamic administration. The colony of earth was created by the home country. It wasn't taken by force because it belonged to no one else previously. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, says we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The earth was prepared for its inhabitants. uh, And in fact, its inhabitants would be the children of the king, in essence, princes and princesses. God intended to have colony earth be a little heaven, a little heaven. And the king's governor, the Holy Spirit, was there in them because God breathed on Adam and Adam became a living soul, Genesis tells us. And when he breathed, that word in the Hebrew is ruah. And that is the same word for, for the Holy Spirit. So God breathed and put the Holy Spirit in Adam and Adam came to life. He got a spirit, a soul and a body. Now, we have billions of galaxies, each with billions of stars. But the word tells us that man was made in God's image. The Lord said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And he also said, and let them rule over all the earth. So he gave the earth to us as our colony, so to speak. And the word for image is the word salim in Hebrew. And it means essential nature. So they're saying that we are are like God in, in some essential ways. Demuth means likeness in Hebrew, and it is the original from which a copy is made. In other words, we were made in the likeness of God. A perfect kingdom needs a perfect king. And such a kingdom exists for one reason, that's to serve its citizens perfectly. Now, God breathed his Ruah spirit into the man made a spirit, gave him a soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, and the physical body, which hosted the spirit and the soul. And the Ruah is the Holy Spirit, which we will call the governor, as we mentioned before. And God said, let them have dominion, which is let them rule. So we were made to rule over a territory, which is the earth, impact it, lead it. And the governor was on earth at this time, the Holy Spirit. And he was functioning exactly like the governor of a colony. He's the one who expressed the intentions and will of the king to the citizens. And the Holy Spirit, we read this about him. For who among men knows the thought of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The psalmist said the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. And the word tells us that in the beginning, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Brief three, independence. So what happened was Lucifer rebelled in heaven and he was banished. And so he was banished to earth. He sought to control the king's children and take control of the colony of earth. His plan was to cut the children off from the king. If he could create an independent spirit in them, then he could mess up God's purpose for mankind, and for God's creation. And so mankind aligned with the king's bitter enemy, Lucifer. And sin is not an action so much as it is a rebellion against the heavenly kingdom. We gave the earth to Lucifer, and he transformed the earth into a kingdom of darkness. 
We couldn't eat from the tree because to do so was to die, to be separated from the king. The spirit was the connection to the king. And after this, the Holy Spirit left. He had lived in us in Adam and Eve. But post our rebellion, we became a polluted environment for the governor. And so he was recalled to heaven. And so now at this point, we were stuck living life without the governor. And this meant we had the loss of the heavenly kingdom, the absence of the kingdom's presence, because he was Holy Spirit was back in heaven. The environment was transformed to a hellish environment from a heavenly one, and we were cut off from true life. We were built to live life from the inside out, uh, but now this got reversed, and so we lived in the physical now as opposed to the spirit outside in. So we became sensual as opposed to spiritual. Soul-driven versus spirit-driven, governed by our senses. The governor, the Holy Spirit, is the key to the life God meant for us to have. Our original purpose, our mission, our way of life, and we were cut off from that. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of the king, and we don't. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. We lost the power and authority that came from the governor living in us. Prior to the fall, we had dominion over the natural world. In essence, it worked for us. But after the fall, we were told that by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. So it worked against us. And so this forced us to rely on our resources versus having the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. So basically, we're trying to run God's colony, but without the king's heart in mind. And that is disastrous in this case. And so... For that reason, we have stuff like poverty, genocide, broken homes, terrorism, all other forms of evil. It's really a disaster down here because there was no governor. And the promise of the king was that the governor would be restored to us, that earth would be restored as a kingdom colony, subject to and swearing loyalty to the king, Father God. And so there was a search for meaning, and that was really a seeking of the governor, Folks may strive to fill that with sex or money or drugs or alcohol or work or hobbies, etc. But what really is needed to fill that missing space is the Holy Spirit. Without the governor, the Holy Spirit, we are incomplete. Now, in brief four, this is going to be a rather lengthy one. What we're going to be looking at is basically the Old Testament and how it pointed to the governor. And the basic thing is, that it was pointing to the promise of the governor's return. What God has been working to do since the fall is really to bring the governor back. The whole significance of the Old Testament, the reason there was a Noah and Abraham and Isaac and a Jacob and Israel, the sacrifices, the priests, the prophets, and the earthly kings. The first two chapters of Genesis were about bringing the kingdom to the colony of earth. In chapter three, the plan was interrupted, but restoration was promised. And so, we were reminded of the promise of the governor's eventual return. God created a godly lineage that would lead to the governor's return, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth, on through Jesus, on through David, and then Jesus, of course. A picture of the heavenly kingdom's return to earth, and then show the need for the governor, and then tell of God's child who will reconcile the citizens to the king and command the return of the governor. And that's a lot of what the Old Testament is about. God will get his property back. Uh, that, that's you with the governor in you, living and moving in a kingdom way. At this point, humanity was unholy, but God wanted an example of holiness, and Israel was to be that example. 
He told Israel that they would be for him a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Holy means set apart for a certain use, pure for a particular use or purpose. This means we would have to be completely loyal to God to be holy. He has to be our highest loyalty above all else. The three persons of the Godhead are one, completely integrated, the king father, the king son, and the governor. We were commanded to be perfect as your father is perfect. And what was really being said there was we were told to be one with ourselves. In other words, to have perfect integrity. So if you say it, you do it, you fulfill promises. The central problem was the rebellion of Adam and Eve that led to the departure of the Holy Spirit and made us impure. So what was the king's plan to restore us? First, the governor would come upon people, but he couldn't live within them, and they had to submit for him to come upon them. Second, he created the sacrificial system so that he could work through a nation and show a prototype of the kingdom for the world in the form of Israel. Third, the king would come to restore integrity and purity for the governor to be able to live inside us again, but this time permanently, but the king and the king's son, Jesus. In Genesis, we were told that the offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And this was God telling us that he would come and defeat Lucifer personally, restoring our integrity and purity and making a way for us to receive the governor again. And the return of the governor would mean miraculous impact on the earth. When you look at the Old Testament, you see Noah and the flood. The point of it was to destroy the culture. Why? Because evil was so prevalent. To preserve the lineage for the coming offspring uh, and keep it pure, that's why he went to Noah and told him to build an ark, because he was part of that, that holy lineage. He tells Noah and his sons what he told Adam, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. So that same commandment, let them rule, be fruitful and multiply, those same commandments he gave in the beginning, they're still in effect. So... We look at Abraham. Abraham, he was the progenitor of a holy nation, which would show the world what the kingdom should look like on earth. And so he had a miraculous birth of a son at the age of 99 years old with his 89-year-old wife. And this happened because they were aligned with the governor. They believed and obeyed the king. The tribes of Israel, Jacob's 12 sons, the 12 tribes. Judah, one of those 12 sons, became the special lineage for the king's son to come to earth and fix our impurity slash sin problem so the governor could return. Moses in Israel, Joseph, his purpose was to keep the nation alive. Moses sets them free. And he brings the flies and locusts, which shows the dominion over the creatures of the ground by the Holy Spirit's power. He parts the Red Sea. Um, the kingdom in Hebrew is Mamlaka, which means dominion, rule, governing responsibility. A priest they were to help the people get aligned with the heavenly government's constitution, which is the word of God. And so Israel was to be not a separate tribe of, of priests as ended up, but rather a kingdom of priests, all of whom would be aligned with him, the God, Father. And uh, all were to be rulers as well, having dominion over some territory. Israel was told, obey me and you will be the greatest nation in the world. Basically, and they were given the law to show how to act as a kingdom of priests and kings with integrity. Now, Israel failed. They rejected the laws of the king, the same as Adam and Eve did. 
and they got out of alignment. So they rejected him and they were overtaken and defeated by the Moabites, the Hittites and the Canaanites. The law, the point of it was to have Israel be able to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And he didn't want really one man passing the laws to them. He really wanted them all to receive it. So when he first spoke to them, he spoke to them all. But they were afraid, and they set Moses up as a mediator. And so God's intent always was to put his law in their minds and write it in their hearts. He said, I will be their God, and they will be my people. And what he's speaking about there is the return of the governor to live in us. And in the kingdom standards, the law came to us through Moses. Joshua in the Old Testament, you saw the fall of Jericho's walls. You saw the sun standing still. This was the kingdom power at work in the universe. People turned away from God's will. They married people outside the prototype nation, and they became like them, unaligned with God rather than setting the example, uh, which is what God wanted for Israel. The priest and the sacrifices, God turned to that after Israel didn't do it. So he appointed a tribe as the people to take that role of priest. And the Levites would be the priest. Levites are where Moses and Aaron came from. Through the priest, the governor would reveal the will of the king to the people. And what that's kingdom culture. The sacrifices, the incense, the tabernacle and its setup, it was all about getting in alignment with God to be what they were called to be. There is a price for sin. Blood is needed. And all of that, the sacrifices, the priesthood, it was all about getting the people back in alignment so the governor could return. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and there was the Holy Spirit in the midst of the cherubim on the mercy seat. When Israel aligned with the king and his spirit was with them, they won their battles. There was no illness. They had peace. And this is how we were meant to live originally. They were sprinkled with blood on the outside, but they couldn't get clean from the inside out. The intent of our hearts was still evil. And we allowed him to influence us, the Holy Spirit, though not live within us. The prophets, the priests, the kings, the Holy Spirit would fall on them for specific instances, with the exception of David, who had the, the Holy Spirit on him from the time of his anointing by Samuel until his death. The kings, God was supposed to be the king, and Israel was supposed to be the example for the other nations, but instead Israel decided they wanted a king like the other nations. And so what he, God wanted was a nation of kingdom rulers who would follow God's lead. Now, David aligned himself with God and the holy lineage was preserved through the kingly lineage of David. The prophets, these were individuals who were to speak for the king because the priests didn't get it right. So the prophets could show error. They spoke from the power of the Holy Spirit. They could correct kings and priests. Elijah, for example, restored life to the son of a woman who had submitted to the kingdom. Daniel foretold the future of the nation. And Daniel was preserved in the lion's den by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this shows the dominion power of heaven over earth. The coming king who would restore the governor was prophesied in the Old Testament. The prophets and the leaders stated that the king's intent was that he would do it himself. That is, he would establish the heavenly kingdom colony of earth. And Isaiah said like this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And what he would do 
Malachi said he would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. And it's for all mankind. Joel said, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So the Holy Spirit will be for everyone, the young, the old, the male, the female. He is the key to life and dominion for all humanity. So the day, the era, the age when the king comes to earth. The Lord in the Hebrew means self-existent, our eternal one, and the king would have to do it himself. So Malachi said, see, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before him. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. And Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is near, is the central theme in the whole book. At this point, the king had come to earth. And John said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is what makes you able to be what you were meant to be. Brief five, a kingdom rebirth. God wanted children positioned so the Holy Spirit could live in them again. And their offspring would be sent to impute purity for this. Jesus, the son of God. In Genesis three, he was prophesied. Isaiah prophesied about him. Malachi prophesied about him. Daniel prophesied about him as the son of man. David prophesied about his crucifixion a thousand years before it happened. Micah prophesied about where he would be born and his birth. Luke said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord servant, Mary stated. May be it to me as you have said. Now notice that Mary submitted so that she could be used. And there's a principle there. We need to submit for the Holy Spirit to use us. Now the governor was resident in Jesus with the purpose of getting the rest of us able to receive him as well. Now, Jesus was fully God and fully man. He was therefore the perfect mediator. And we were told that for God gives the spirit without limit to him, Jesus. And John told us that he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus told us, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you, John said. John also said, I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. That was John the Baptist speaking. The Holy Spirit remained on Jesus. And Paul wrote that in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He was here to make us able to receive the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus accomplish? He reconciled the earth's inhabitants with heaven. The reign of heaven returned to earth. Jesus treated Lucifer as a thief. He said the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So he entered the strong man's house and plundered his house. He bound the strong man and plundered his house, the strong man being Lucifer. Jesus was the second Adam. He did what Adam couldn't do. 
and he lived in total harmony with the Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a family of kings, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. One message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is the place. The kingdom of God is the influence. And so what Satan tried to do was tempt Jesus to get him to veer from his mission. He wanted him to substitute the kingdoms of the world for the kingdoms of heaven. And he tempted Adam and Eve and was successful with them, but not successful with Jesus. So you have to get baptized into the kingdom philosophy. This is a practical act related to the will of the king and his desire for us, the colony of earth. John's baptism was to get people to declare what school you support. Like you said, I'm in John's school, John the Baptist. What master teacher school you were in. A disciple is a learner or a pupil. We are, of course, Jesus's disciples. And so the point of baptism is that declaration that you are submitting to Jesus's ways and teachings. Now, age 30, which is when Jesus began to preach, that's because that was the age that you could be a master teacher. And he was baptized by John uh, so that the Holy Spirit could fall on Jesus and, and John could announce who Jesus was. And the Lord spoke himself, God, and spoke directly and said, this is my son who I love. With him, I am well pleased after, after Jesus's baptism. And so the command that Jesus gave his disciples was follow me. Come join the school of the kingdom. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, it means that you submit to him as your master teacher and you're going to get baptized by fire, baptized with the Holy Spirit, which identifies you with the king. Um, the disciples fall in love with the mind and will of Jesus and they have to be transformed because God thinks differently than we think. He says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we have to be changed through the Holy Spirit. Our thinking has to be changed. We have to be submitted and we have to be baptized into his power. Jesus set the example and showed us how to live out the kingdom life. Now, miracles are evidence of kingdom influence on earth. Jesus fed thousands that showed power over the natural world. He raised the dead that showed power over death, that he held the power of life. He healed the sick that showed that he had the power to reverse the world's illnesses. He exercised demons that showed power over spiritual wickedness in the kingdom of darkness. Heavenly dominion over earth. The blood of bulls and goats was not good enough. We needed human blood. The king's son could reconcile the inhabitants to God because he was holy. Jesus could do it. He felt and experienced what it is to be human, and he laid down his life. And he did it of his own accord. He said, I lay it down of my own accord. He said, I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. He paid for our rebellion for all time and enabled us to walk in newness of life. And before he died, he said, to telestai, which means it is finished. And at that point, he granted authority over all people that we might give eternal life to all those who he had given, been given. And the word said it like this. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus did break the power of Satan, allowing the earth to yield to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus's attitude was not my will, but yours be done to the Father. And that's what ours has to be. 
He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, the governor, to be with you forever. So Jesus came to bring back the perfect governor and the kingdom of heaven. And we have to abide in the vine uh, in order to be fruitful and really represent properly the kingdom of heaven. The governor lives with you and will be in you, we were told. Um, We should be demonstrating the governor's power in this life. Now, only Jesus had the spirit living within him while he was on the earth. Now, Jesus came to earth largely for the purpose of allowing the governor to return. Give you some samples of what Jesus said to that end. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, Jesus said, post his resurrection. The purpose of Jesus was to get us to the point where we could have the Holy Spirit live inside of us and live out the original commandment of God. Let them rule. We're called to have dominion over the earth powered by the Holy Spirit. Post Jesus' death, the Holy Spirit could live within us and give us direct access to God. Because at this point, we've been purified, we've been cleansed, we've been redeemed from the power of sin. The whole main reason of Jesus' death was not just to save us, but to deliver the governor to the colony of earth. He came to bring heaven, essentially, to earth. When Jesus died on the cross, John wrote, he gave up his spirit. In other words, he released the spirit back to the Father in heaven. And then he was raised by the power of the spirit, Romans tells us. Brief six, the king's love for his citizens. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. God's nature is love. Now, this kingdom that we're a part of, there are a lot of paradoxes to it. To live eternally, you have to die to yourself. To be strong in spirit, you have to be weak in yourself. To be empty is to be full. To become poor, as Jesus did, he became poor so we could be rich. Jesus restricted himself in space and time so we could be part of eternity. He subjected himself to the law so he could free those of us who live under it. He submitted to physical death so we could have eternal life. Now, the Holy Spirit continues the work of Jesus on earth. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus set aside his magnificent glory to fulfill his mission on earth. He owns the universe, yet he limited himself to a tiny region on a small planet for an eye blink, 33 years. He placed himself under the law to redeem those of us under the law. He submitted to the laws of nature. He grew tired, thirsty, and hungry. He made the trees, yet he had to stop to pick fruit to eat. The God who neither slumbers nor sleeps had to rest. He died for us to live. Jesus' return to earth, well, his return to heaven enabled him to send the governor to earth. He said, it is for your good I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He said the Holy Spirit would be with us, not limited as Jesus was, but unlimited. He'd be available day and night in all situations. So the kingdom is the whole world all at the same time. And the Holy Spirit could be every place at every time. By going to the cross, Jesus freed us from the consequences of our rebellion 
and from the kingdom of darkness. So at this point, we were released to our kingdoms, which is our areas of dominion, which you have, by the way. The word says your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So you have a kingdom over which you are to have dominion and rule. And now the Holy Spirit is there to give you the power to do that. Brief seven, restoring the connection. A plant grows by staying in the soil. And we grow by staying connected to Jesus and we stay connected through the Holy Spirit. We were told by Jesus that the Holy Spirit would live with us and will be in us, that he was living with his disciples, but that he would be in them after Pentecost. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, which is the same thing that Father God did with Adam. So Jesus gave us the ability to receive the Holy Spirit again in the same way that Adam received it. At that point, Jesus had reconnected 12 humans to the kingdom of heaven. They were sort of vice governors of earth. Um, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Oh, people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is represented by the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, 120 disciples were present when the governor came back to earth and was fully reinstated. And Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The counselor will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And then the governor shows up on the day of Pentecost. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now we're seeing the government of heaven come to live in men, which is the Holy Spirit. Now think about the contrast between Christianity and other religions. We have the Spirit living within us, while religions have do's and don'ts. We have the power to bring the kingdom of God to our territories individually and collectively to bring it all over the earth. We represent God's kingdom in the middle of the kingdom of darkness to bring others into the kingdom of heaven. The governor, the Holy Spirit, makes the reality of heaven on earth possible. Brief eight, reinstating the governor. So we enter the kingdom through the new birth, and we gain legal authority as rulers on earth. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In other words, it won't ever run dry. That's because we will have a constant connection to the kingdom through the Holy Spirit. The word says this, Paul said, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put a spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. We are now not just living on earth, but as Paul said, no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Our rights were given to us by God himself, the king. So now we have two-way communications between heaven and earth. We have a new nature that allows us to be citizens in the kingdom. We are imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So this new birth prepares us for heaven. Baptism in the Spirit prepares us for earth to take dominion and convert earth into a heavenly replica. You will receive power, dunamis, miraculous power. This is the kingdom of heaven operating on earth. 
Baptism in the Holy Spirit is yielding to the king. I would call it the filling of the Holy Spirit is yielding to the king and letting him let out what was inside of us. And it is a river. It restores us to where we were before the fall. First, we get dominion, the ability to carry out the authority given back to us through the power that we need. Second, we represent the kingdom with the gifts given by the Holy Spirit, driving out demons by the Spirit. If we do that, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Third, it will be a testimony about a kingdom, the kingdom, the power given by the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus' miracles attested to who he is, so will we do miraculous things through the power of the Holy Spirit and be a testimony about the kingdom. Fourth, the heavens declare the glory of God. And so do we when we do the works the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Fifth, that power that the Holy Spirit produces in us is our passport. The seven sons of Siva, they didn't have the passport. And so they were kicked out by the demon, even though Paul and Jesus did have the passport and they were not kicked out. Jesus' command is repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So how do you get him? Uh, Miles Monroe suggests you repent, so you change your mind and you make a decision to live a kingdom life. Second, you receive the forgiveness that came by Jesus' death on the cross. Third, you walk in the newness of life. Fourth, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you've done these things, what it means for your life is that you don't have to live life by yourself. You don't have to figure it out by yourself. The king takes that stress away. And all your needs are supplied. In Matthew, we read, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Brief eight, reconnection. If you don't have the spirit, then you're not a kingdom citizen. The Holy Spirit is your passport that identifies you. Some of the benefits that you get with the Holy Spirit, restored relationship with God, You see God as your father. You see that you must be sustained by him, that you came from him and you depend on him. And so you're depending on his ability. And you're understanding that he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the father who lives forever and the prince of peace. You see the end of discrimination because in the last days, when he said he would pour out a spirit on all people, sons and daughters, young and old, male and female, Not just the high priest, but all of God's children are now kings and priests. So everyone who's received the Holy Spirit and been filled with it, a king and a priest. And you have the power to live in alignment with the Spirit, which is for everyone. The power to influence and control circumstances. Exousia, authority and power together. We act in the name of Jesus, to whom all authority was given by the Father. In the colonies... The rule comes through the governor who had the queen's seal. So whatever he sealed in the Bahamas was sealed in England. And that's the same with us. In other words, the queen in England backed up whatever the governor did. And that's the same with us with the power of the Holy Spirit here. The things that we do in conjunction with God's will, God backs us up. He said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. He said in Matthew In other words, he'll back you up as you exercise this dominion power. 
The idea is to exercise rulership on earth for God's kingdom, to exercise eternal purpose for mankind, to show how the spirit, the soul, and the body are really work, um, to show power over sin. We were told if we live by the spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And he makes us a new creature, a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You'll have new courage and confidence. My friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. Don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of God will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. The governor connects you to your life's purpose. This is the reason that part of the reason you're giving him to know why you're here. He says, old men will dream dreams. Young men will be visions. The visions are things that you can see to do, things that you can complete in your lifetime. The dreams are things that may go on past your lifetime, but it's still what you're working towards. You will also have access to heaven's authority and power. You will have the ability to talk and slash communicate with heaven and get clear instructions. We can hear and know the will of the king for us because we're connected to heaven through the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. the governor. Brief nine, the governor's culture. The key idea here is we are to be advocates, representatives of the kingdom that we represent. We are to demonstrate the culture, the beliefs, the attitudes, the values, the practices, and the characteristics of the kingdom. The leader is key in driving the culture So whenever you have a bad leader, the people suffer. So Monroe cites, for example, Ahab as an example out of 2 Kings. And there in 2 Kings we see where it says, The Lord had seen how bitterly everyone in Israel, whether slave or free, was suffering. There was no one to help them. By contrast, when Hezekiah was was the king in the same book, 2 Kings, the word tells us that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. No king of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He remained faithful to the Lord and did not turn from following him. He kept the commandments that the Lord had given Moses. And the Lord was with Hezekiah, and he prospered wherever he went. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and refused to serve him. He defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its borders, from watchtowers to fortified city. So the character of our heavenly kingdom is the character of the Holy Spirit. And that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. He's like Jesus. Jesus was the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Jesus was the bread of life. He said, he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Totally different from the world. He said the greatest must serve. And this fruit develops in us. Now fruit, it takes time for fruit to develop. But the governor teaches us the nature of the government in heaven and shows us that this is us and that we need to put it on display. Our fruit grows because we are changing to be like Jesus as we walk with him. And our culture will be characterized by love, joy, and peace. Isn't that great? 
And this would be a faithful culture. The way that we respond to other people, to problems, and to disappointments should show that we are from another culture, another land, heaven. We are at war with the culture of the world, which is in the hands of Satan. It is the kingdom of darkness. And we read this in the word, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. The sinful nature is sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, Paul said. Our citizenship is in heaven, according to Paul in Philippians. In Galatians, Paul said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The power of the governor that lives in us far exceeds the power of the world. The Holy Spirit corrects us when we act like the world's culture. He does it in two ways, through our culture, our conscience. Second, by reminding us of the teachings of the king, i.e. of the word. He teaches us that our father is God and we call him Abba Father. He teaches us to be what we were made to be. The characteristics of the king are not just how he acts, but also who he is. So he doesn't just act like love, he is love. He doesn't just act like peace. He is peace, Jehovah Shalom. Now, guarding our heart becomes necessary, becomes necessary to filter what we see and hear because we are not our own. We were bought for the price and we must therefore honor God with our body. Jesus paid the price for our redemption so the Holy Spirit can live inside us. And as we live in the culture, while we have the culture of the kingdom inside us, there's going to be tension. And Jesus prayed about this. He said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. God also made provision for us to be seated with him in heaven at the same time we are working down here. In Ephesians, Paul said, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Brief 10, gifts of power, the Holy Spirit's administration. Now, character must come before power for power to be used responsibly. So that's why we talked first about character and the culture that the Holy Spirit creates. Jesus spent his time on earth as a master teacher, three and a half years building the character of his disciples so they would be ready for the power. We show the character and power of the Holy Spirit, demonstrating the kingdom and attracting others to it. Now, if you think about the apostles after Pentecost, they did many wonders and miracles. And we were told in Acts that all the believers were together and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. And this attracted many to become believers. Ultimately, as believers, we are changed to kingdom representatives. And as we do that, guess what? The community gets changed. Then nations get changed. And then the world gets changed. Just as a governor of a territory assigns people to post, so the governor, the Holy Spirit, assigns different gifts to us, as well as different territories. Why are these gifts given? To serve the heavenly kingdom. And we are taught how to use these gifts through the word of God, which is the kingdom constitution. Peter said that each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. 
The gifts are given to meet the needs of the territory. In Ephesus Church, Paul said, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, so we can put the gifts into three categories. These things, gifts involving what we say, gifts involving what we do, and gifts that reveal things. So the say gifts are tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Now, prophecy edifies the church, according to Paul. So one who prophesies speaks to me for edification and exhortation and consolation. Now, doing... That would be the gifts of miracles, faith, and healing. When Moses parted the Red Sea. That would be an example of miracles at work. When Jesus fed the 5,000 or when he raised Lazarus from the dead, those would be miracles as well. Faith is a supernatural belief, a confidence that something's going to happen. So the man at the temple who was lame, Peter and John exemplified the gift of faith at, with that point when they healed him. Uh, the gift of healing, the blind man gets his sight, a centurion servant on his deathbed gets cured, the shriveled hand is restored, Aeneas was paralyzed and bedridden for eight years, he gets healed. Those are examples of the gift of healing. Then the revelation gifts, words of wisdom, which may come in a vision, dream, or an angel may send it, a word or a thought given by the Holy Spirit. For example, he told them to set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work they were called to. That was a word of wisdom. Paul was given a message about the storm when he was bound for Rome, that they would be safe. That was a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge is the same delivery mechanisms as the word of wisdom, uh, but it's giving a little bit of the knowledge of a situation. So the woman at the well, who Jesus said she had five husbands, that was a word of knowledge. And discernment is the ability to tell whether things are coming from a good or evil spirit. So when Paul, for example, saw the slave girl had a spirit of divination, he was exercising the gift of discernment. Brief 11, the world needs the Holy Spirit. See, we cannot fix our own mess. We need heavenly help. Every believer is a king and priest. As we've already learned, we need some help externally to get this world back where it should be, and that's the governor. We are in a battle. Paul said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We need big help. The word tells us that the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Paul was said in Acts 26, where he was told to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. And guess what? That's what we are to do as well. The final destination where God is taking everything is shown clearly in Revelation 21, where John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the former things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. And he told me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. The one who overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, being a kingdom citizen, Peter talked about what we are and our mission. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brief 12, key takeaways. First key takeaway is this. God has always meant for us to have dominion, that is to rule on the earth. His original commandments were to let let them rule and let them multiply and fill the earth. Second, the Holy Spirit was always key to that because we were always to rule in a way that was in line with God's will. And the Holy Spirit is our connection to him so we can know what his will is. And third, Jesus' death was not only about the new birth, but it was even more about the return of the Holy Spirit to earth. Fourth, in the end, heaven will be connected to earth, and we will rule then as well. Fifth, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to rule our assigned territory in a way that pleases God and brings others to the kingdom. It's how we act as light in a dark world. Sixth, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not optional, it's essential. Seven, the gifts and the character the Holy Spirit gives and grows in us makes us proper witnesses of God and enables us to be rulers over our own territory. So we are to influence and control the territory that God gives us, not to be controlled, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. May God bless you and keep you. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief We have plenty more at ChristianBrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief.com.